It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, city to city, state to state, coast to coast. Interviews, news reports, breaking news, and the return of outside-the-box, non-sports related. So tune in to your favorite host and conductor of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, Anthony Smith. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right. This is your favorite host and conductor, the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas. That's right. City to city, state to state, coast to coast, picking up passengers along the way. And yes, this week has been one crazy week, especially when it comes to March Madness. Yes, I will get into the games later, but what I'm going to get into is some of the theatrics that are particularly not on the court, so to speak. I mean, hey, there are some things that happen off the court. Let's take, for instance, when Kansas State beat Michigan State, one particular coach, one who's been around the block, has been in the game for quite some time, was ripped for his bad comments. So Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo has lost plenty of heartbreaking games in his story career. But the loss to Kansas State in overtime Thursday has to rank somewhere on the list. The veteran coach shared his thoughts after the 98-93 loss with TBS Sports' Ali LaForce, getting in a not-so-subtle dig at Kansas State in the progress, in the process. He says, I'm proud of these guys for a lot of reasons, Izzo said. Give Kansas State credit. They banged in two shot clock threes and they made some big plays, but some plays, some of those plays weren't big plays. They were lucky plays. And I think I have a little bit of audio on this so you can hear exactly what he said and how he said it. Well, I guess I don't have the audio on that. But those are his words. He uh, said that there were some big plays. He said, but some of those plays weren't big plays. They were lucky plays. While Izzo was obviously still emotional after the loss. And he did give the Wildcats some credit saying, lucky plays help your opponent win is often seen as a sign of disrespect. Basketball fans rushed to comment on Izzo's lucky description. One fan said, the grapes are sour. Is he wrong? Some luck definitely went KSU's way. They got a lot of fortunate bounces. The game went to OT. Obviously had a pretty sizable impact. Mr. March 
calls Kansas State performance lucky. Yeah, I'm so proud of these guys for a lot of reasons. I mean, give them credit, but I mean, they banked in two shot block threes. There were, and they made some big plays, but some of those plays weren't big plays. They were lucky plays, and and I didn't think we played our best. I think some of it was them. I think some of it was us. But we're- so as you can see, you heard it straight from Tom Izzo's mouth. Some of those plays were lucky plays, but he still gave Kansas State credit. So the question is. Should fans be bent out of shape as far as him referring to it as lucky plays? I mean, come on now, for real. Some plays are luck. Some plays, it weren't skill. Some plays were just the luck of the bounce, so to speak. I mean, come on now. Yes, you have players playing skillfully, but at the same time, there is a level of luck involved. Like, what's the chances you're going to be banking in three-point shots as opposed to the shot being, in the words of Dick Vitale, nothing but net. Yeah, I heard this conversation as I was leaving home from work the other day on talks on local sports talk radio uh, right here in town called KGSO, and, I mean, the lines was lit up. I think out of the calls, maybe, I know one for sure, maybe two callers gave Tom Izzo a pass. Of all the things that's going on in in the world of sports, I mean, you have the Alabama situation that was still playing its ugly head out with the murder case. You had what happened at New Mexico State earlier this year. Are you going to really chastise a coach for referring to some plays that Kansas State made as lucky plays? Come on, you got to have better things to do than that, for real. Come on, give me a break. Tom Izzo, he's still finding my book. As Greg Marshall, former WSU coach, used to call Michigan State, oh, Sparty took one on the chin. And when you think about the narrative of Michigan State and all that they went through, the killing on campus, it seemed like there's been a theme going around, these on-campus killings, violent killings, and the fact that they had to pull through that and he became a voice and a leader during that time speaks volumes of the man that Tom Izzo is. So I don't I think we have better things to do than to hang lucky play over his head for the rest of his coaching career, however long that may be. So that was just a little side note. Also, in some more related news, the question is, did Marquise Noel and Jerome Tang fake an argument on Kansas State alley-oop versus Michigan State? So let's see how that played out. One of the most famous examples of a distraction play in basketball is the barking dog in which a player got down on all fours to draw the attention of the opposing team. Kansas State may have run a more modern version of that in Thursday's thrilling overtime win over Michigan State with guard Marquise Noel seemingly arguing with K-State coach Jerome Tang before hitting a cutting Keontae Johnson for the alley-oop that spurned the Wildcats to a thrilling 
98-93 win over the Spartans. The bigger question was, the bigger question, was it a design play from Kansas State or was it a spontaneous decision by Noel? A.J. Hogarth just throws it up and he gets behind him. And then the ball. And that's what that play sounded like. But what you didn't see was, look like Marquise Noel was waving off Coach Tang as if to say, this is the play we're going to run. And next thing you know, he hits Keontae Johnson. Now, Noel and Tang were completely noncommittal in their intent after the game. But Tang, underlining a question about it, directed at Noel with, you can't tell them because the next team will know. It was just a basketball play between me and Keontae Noel said. We knew how Michigan State plays defense. They play high up. And Keontae just told me, we got eye contact, and it was like lob, lob, and I just threw it up. I mean, here's the presser on that. From Marquise and, I guess, Jerome. Uh, on the reverse alley-oop play, is that a fake play call you guys are doing between each other? What's going on there? <laughs> we'll start with Marquise. I mean, it was just a basketball play uh, between me and Keontae. Uh, we, we, we knew how Michigan State, you know, plays defense. They play high up. Um, and Keontae just told me, like, we got eye contact, and he was like, lob, lob. And, you know, I just, I just threw it up, and he, he made a, a great play. So as far as if that was a staged play, that is all that you are going to get from K-State in regards to whether that was a design play or not. You heard what Jerome said. You can't tell them then the next team will know. So basically that's a good way of describing the question, but it doesn't answer what everyone wants to know. Were Tank and Noel legitimately disagreeing about the play, or was it a ruse? In an impassioned post-game interview, Tang was asked about the disagreement he and Noel had leading up to this moment where he was at where he was at was a place of fire Tang said but we practice at a place of fire all the time so he was ready for it so here is that after game interview coach you had a shirt on yesterday in practice it said crazy faith on it how much crazy faith did you have to have in those last 20 seconds oh yeah i mean we got a ton of faith in each other they have faith in me i got faith in every one of these guys right here they probably did more coaching than i did i just try to love them man and when you love people it's amazing what you can accomplish i saw you two going at it over a couple of timeout arguments and play call arguments that's the kind of relationship you have though what was it like in those final seconds with the timeout battle between coaches you know where we was at it was a place of fire but we practice in a place of fire all the time. So he was ready for it. This is a bad boy right here. This is a bad boy. And once again, words of Jerome Tang in describing. So they still never really gave an answer to that play. But it goes on says, Kansas State was the best team for this to happen to because it's inevitably going to sow seeds of doubt into opposing teams' minds. This kind of argument isn't especially uncommon for Noel and Tang. With that being said, if this play was pure spontaneity on Noel's part, 
and he saw Johnson on the back door mid argument, that otherworldly awareness on the part of the young guard. And also let it be known that in that game, Marquise Noel was phenomenal. 20 points, 20 assists, five steals. Or maybe it was 19 assists. It was 19 or 20. Yeah, 19 assists. He broke an NCAA record for most assists in one game. Fast forwarding, the sad news is that K-State lost today. But once again, Marquise Noel, he showed up. 30 points or plus, 12 assists. Hats off to Jerome Tang and the Kent State Wildcats for a season well played. So what I'm going to do right here is I am going to take a break. And when I come back, we're going to find out that America actually has a new America's team on the other side of this break. You stay tuned. A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host, Dr. Anthony Smith. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, and goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. You're all aboard the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. back to another segment of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right, it's your favorite host, your favorite conductor on the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas. Like I said, this has been a very exciting week. And as I was going into my last break, I made reference to America's team. But not that America's team. As a matter of fact, there's a new America's team. San Diego State does the whole country a solid by ousting Nate Oates in Alabama. <clears throat> San Diego State is America's team now. The Aztecs 
did the entire country, well, 49 of the states at least, a solid Friday night by eliminating top seed Alabama and its thick cloud of ick. Rather than cringing at the thought of Nate Oates getting rewarded for his shameless opportunism with a national title, we can enjoy the rest of the NCAA men's tournament without feeling the need for a shower when it's over. It's been an unbelievable year, Oates said after the 71-64 loss. Everybody is really disappointed in the loss. It ended too soon. More like not soon enough. If Oates and Alabama athletic director Greg Byrne had even the slightest shred of conscience or integrity, they'd have shut the program down two months ago when at least three players were present during a shooting that left a young woman dead. One of the players, Darius Miles, is now facing capital murder charges because police say it was his gun used in the shooting. Freshman phenom Brandon Miller drove the car where Miles' gun had been stashed to the scene and police said he and Jalen Bradley were still there when the shooting occurred. Miles didn't fire the fatal shot. Miller said he didn't know the gun was in his car and was only going to pick Miles up and he doesn't face any charges. None of it changes the fact that a 23-year-old woman with a young child is dead and that she'd still be alive had either Miles, Miller, or both made different choices that night. This was not contrary to what Oates would have you believe, a matter of wrong spot at the wrong time. It was a moral failing at the very least, and anyone not blinded by team loyalties knows losing the privilege of playing basketball should have been the bare minimum as far as consequences. Not at Alabama. Not when the Crimson Tide had a team built for a deep run in the NCAA tournament, and Miller, the leading scorer, was central to their title aspirations. Oates allowed Miller to continue to play, enabling the excusing him at every turn, the uncomfortability of the whole situation growing with every game. I think it was a pretty successful season, Miller said when asked to sum up the year. Made it to the Sweet 16. Probably one of the biggest tournaments I've ever played in in my life. I think we really just came to have fun, really, and just compete at a high level. Even for a 20-year-old, even for someone trying to stick to sports, the lack of introspection is jarring. This has arguably been the most compelling men's tournament ever. A 16-seed won for only the second time, and in a first, there will be no number ones in the Elite Eight. There is a chance San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, or Miami could be the national champion. Having Alabama hanging around the party in Houston would have cheapened it all. We all know college athletics is a dirty business. For every feel-good story that's told during the tournament, there are a dozen more ugly ones being whispered about behind the scenes. But there is a purity to the tournament, the idea that anything is possible playing out before our eyes as a Fairleigh Dickinson topples a Purdue or a Princeton reaches the Sweet 16. So long as Alabama remained, that was tainted. 
For every plucky team that dared us to dream bigger and strive harder, Oats and Alabama were there to remind us how much easier it is to give in to temptation and trade integrity for expedience. I think we're doing pretty good things at Alabama, Oates said. That depends on your definition of good things. If it's wins and losses, sure, Alabama was the overall number one seed after having, after winning the SEC regular season and tournament titles, and Miller was one of the country's top players. But if it's run a program of character, Oates and Alabama fall well short. It's a great group that really loves each other, Oates said. I mean, they're going to be close for life, most of them. Good for them. As for the rest of us, a hearty thank you to San Diego State. Will do. So I definitely want to know what are your feelings on San Diego State being held as America's team. That was an article from USA Today from sports columnist Nancy Armour. You can reach her on Twitter at N Armour, N R Armour. Yes, N is in Nancy, R is in Robert Armour. A R M O U R. You have to give credit where credit is due. So, once again, that report came from USA Today columnist Nancy Armour as A R M O U R, like under armor. But I definitely want to get your feedback on the Alabama situation. In that article, you heard it said that they should have cut the season off two months ago when everything went down the way it did. Stop and think about it. New Mexico State, they had a player, I guess he was supposedly set up on the campus at their in-state rival, New Mexico, and there was a shooting incident there. But what led to their demise was later on, It was a hazing incident, not a shooting incident, but a hazing incident that got the program shut down, suspended for the rest of the season. I happen to have seen some of the video of the interview that coaches were having with the law enforcement, and their answers just didn't seem to line up. But I'm going somewhere with this. They suspended their season after the hazing incident. If New Mexico State can end their season after a hazing incident, Alabama definitely should have ended their season after that shooting incident. Think about it. A 23-year-old young lady is dead. A child is without a mother. Once again, after reading that story and the points that were made, very valid points, we have to applaud San Diego State for helping rid the immorality that is in college sports, that is the Alabama Crimson Tide.
But I'm not through. There is some more to give you because there is some news going on, not just on the court, but also off the court as there is a coaching carousel that is going on. St. John's introduced Rick Pitino. And Rick Pitino just couldn't help it. Seems like everybody else is piling on this particular coach. Even his own school is piling on him. So how about a man that used to coach at that school, even took that school to a Final Four, along with two other schools that he took to the Final Four, took a shot. Yeah, Rick Pitino takes a shot at John Calipari after taking the St. John's job. So new St. John's coach Rick Pitino has one goal in mind as he takes over at his new school. Pitino spoke to ESPN Sports Center on Tuesday after being introduced as the new head coach of the Red Storm. The 70-year-old pointed out that he was one of just two coaches to take three different schools to a Final Four and that he wants to do it at St. John's so he no longer has to share that distinction with one John Keller Perry. And here's what Rick Pitino had to say about that. I've had the good fortune to take three different schools to a Final Four. Uh, John Calipari has also taken three different schools with only two people. And I want to take St. John's to another Final Four so I can get rid of Calipari off my resume. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of hilarious. So Patino has taken Providence, Kentucky, and Louisville to the Final Four, and he won national titles at the latter two. Calipari accomplished the feat with UMass, Memphis, and Kentucky. To be clear, Patino is saying he this in jest. Though the two coaches have definitely have have definitely had some dust ups in the past, the two are unlikely to cross paths anytime soon. So it's easier to crack jokes like this. Even if Patino wants to surpass Calipari, the coach had more serious reasons for pursuing the St. John's job. And there's been some more things going on within the NCAA tournament. And I'm going to go ahead and share this because a lot seems to be centered around Calipari. Because in on K-State's journey, Kansas State's journey, and the reason I'm bringing him up because you have to realize that Jerome Tang took over a program. They had two returning players. He had to build his team through the portal. Well, they faced the Kentucky team. Seemed like Calipari always draws Kansas teams. He faced Wichita State a couple of times, and those games went down as some darn good games. I mean, if you watch those games, you'd be like, those should have been classics. Once again, this time he has a Kansas State team with the first-year head coach. So you know the narrative, plain and simple. Calipari, the more seasoned veteran, the coach with the most experience. Well, Kansas State assistant coach calls out Kentucky head coach John Calipari. Kansas State assistant men's basketball coach Jareem Dowling called out Kentucky's men's basketball coach John Calipari on Sunday night following the team's second-round NCAA tournament matchup. Dowling's Wildcats defeated Calipari's 
Wildcats, 75-69, behind the efforts of guard Marquise Noel. The two-time Big 12 All-Defensive Team member scored a career-high 27 points, including 23 in the second half. In his Twitter, Jareem Dowling, at Coach Jareem Forever. Yo, at UK Coach Calipari, you've done this for a long time and one of the and one of the best on the mic. Never you refer to a great player as little kid. Put some respect on at Mr. New York City. You know he could play for you too. Say his name like you would at Drake. He do right and kill everything. Hashtag E-M-A-W, which stands for Every Man a Wildcat. And bear with me as I have seemed to have lost my feed right here. These things happen sometimes, but just bear with me as I will pull this back up. All right, there we go. And that's what Jareem Dowling had to say. So, let's see what made him respond the way he did as we pick up audio from Calipari. Well, I guess it looked like we won't have audio from Calipari. But he referred to him as little man little kid. So that would be somewhat of a disrespect. So Noel is listed at just five foot eight. It's hard to tell if Calipari's comments were a purposeful dig at Noel, who was animated and perhaps in some minds over the top during his second half eruption, or if it was an innocent comment. If college basketball fans aren't familiar with Noel's game yet, they should be now. He was a member of the all Sun Belt first team during the 2019-20 campaign with Little Rock before transferring to Kansas State. And not only making back-to-back all-defensive teams, but earning all Big 12 first team honors as well. Noel led the conference in assists per game this season at 7.8, second in NCAA, and free throws, 88.7%, and was fourth in points per game, 17.1. He's also led the Big 12 in steals per contest in each of the last two years, recording a career-high 2.4 this season. Calipari earned his lone NCAA title in 2012 with the Wildcats, has been named the College Coach of the Year three times, and was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2015. Dowling is in his first season on the Kansas State bench, along with first-year head coach Jerome Tang. According to Kansas State men's basketball website, Dowling has 16 years of coaching experience as well as 12 years of international head coach experience, including the last five years as an assistant with North Texas State. So, Calipari has been called out by several. So, tell you what I'm going to do now. I am going to go ahead and take another break. When I come back, I will wrap things up. So don't you go nowhere. You're on the A Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, 
Anthony Smith. If you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or 316-553-2010. So let's grow together. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And now, back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Welcome back to what will be my last segment of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, as I'm going to go ahead and update you right now with two minutes and 13 seconds left in the game. UConn, four seed, 80. Number three seed, Gonzaga, 50. Yes, you heard that right. And for some people that I know, there's a guy around here, works talk show host. You can hear him on a show called The Game Plan, Monday through Friday. They're not paying me for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Doug Downs, he, right now, if he's watching this game, he is almost in laughter, falling out of his seat, watching this game unfold and watching the mustache known as Drew Timmy who's been playing in college basketball for 10 years. Slight exaggeration. <laughs> He's glad to see Gonzaga bowing out. Right now, score is 80-52. to 52. So we know right now, two schools have punched their tickets to the Final Four in Vegas next week. I mean, take that back, in Houston next week. UConn, because there is no way possible a team comes down, comes back from 80 to 52 with a minute and 16 seconds left. That does not happen. So UConn is on their way to Houston. And in a more closely contested game that went down to the wire, Florida Atlantic, a nine seed, has punched their ticket as they topped Kansas State by the score of 79 to 76. So 
So my question is, who is your pick to win the Final Four? I dare not make that pick because it is that unpredictable. Vegas odds, well, let's just say there's probably a lot of people that have lost bets and lost money on the betting apps, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, a lot of busted brackets, and a lot of people going broke. So tomorrow's games are set up like this. You got the number two seed, Texas, taking on number five seed, Miami. And a very intriguing game, a six seed and a five seed, as number six, Creighton, takes on number five, San Diego State, the new America's team. Well, I'm getting ready to bring this train into the station. I told you this was going to be a very short segment. But I will be back probably tomorrow after the Final Four is set. Give you a matchup breakdown, coaching breakdown. But before I go, a lot is being made about the fact that Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, which is University Central Florida, are leaving the American Athletic Conference. Why would I bring it up now? Because there's a nice little scenario that is possibly playing out right before our eyes. If you are rooting for a team because of conference affiliation, then the natural choice is if your particular school is in the American Athletic Conference, you want a team from that conference to win the tournament. Well, Houston bowed out. So now they are officially en route to the Big 12. But if you want to talk about a possible good trade-out, a team that looking like they may have a whole team returning next year, to defend their title, if provided that they win. Florida Atlantic, well coached by Dusty May, who was on a lot of teams' coaching list. If Florida Atlantic finds a way to win this tournament, a trade-out between Houston and Florida Atlantic would be a pretty darn good trade. Because I'm pretty sure if Houston would have found a way to win this tournament, I'm pretty sure the Big 12 would claim them as their national champion. Even though the patch on the jersey still says American Athletic Conference. I guess should Florida Atlantic win this tournament and hoist that trophy? I guess it's a safe bet to say that the American Athletic Conference will boast we have the national champion in our conference and they are defending their national title. Just an observation. Anyway, I hope you have enjoyed 
the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast as I wrap this up. I've enjoyed bringing you this content. And feel free to leave me some feedback. I'd love to get feedback from you. Also, looking forward to getting some guests, some new guests. Some new guests that I have met in several chat rooms that I'm in. One is Shocker Unfiltered. There's another Shocker chat room. In in case you're wondering, those of you who are listening abroad, Shocker would be referring to Wichita State University Shockers. They tend to be very spirited and very, well, if you're on my friend list, maybe I will send you an invite to join so you can see exactly what it's like. But there are some interesting people and I hope to have some of them on my podcast and some of them I will be on their show as well too. So that being said, I'm pulling this train to the station. I'm ready to get in bed. And I know my wife, my beautiful wife is waiting for me. So until the next time, probably until tomorrow, when we get the get the final four matchup set up, take care of yourself and be blessed. This is your favorite host and conductor on the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas, your favorite, Anthony Smith. I'm out.